3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Quarantine life, day number 635 or something like that. I'm really not sure anymore. Counting doesn't mean anything at this point to any of us. I am joined today. We actually have a couple of special guests. So we have, first of all, a co-host, which is somebody... I don't think we've ever done anything together here, but I have Jacob Morley, Jake Stack, whichever name you're going by these days, Jake. Jake, how are we doing?
4: Dude, I'm doing good. And you know what? For the record... Let me just tell people, so I live in Kansas City, and the reason I go by Jacob Morley is because in Kansas City, there is a barbecue place called Jack Jack Stack, and so when I came down here, people were asking me about like, oh, Jake Stack, have you ever been to this barbecue place? And so it just got old really quick, to be honest, so uh, I go by Jacob Morley, that's my middle name, but man, I'm doing good, I'm happy to be here today, this is kind of uh, overdue, you and I doing something together, so uh, I'm excited.
3: That's true, and the reason I asked for you to come on is because we are the self-proclaimed presidents of this gentleman's fan club, and we are joined by special guest, tight end one, Jace Sternberger of the Green Bay Packers. Jace, how are we doing? Are you surviving your days down in Oklahoma?
2: Yes, uh, doing good. Uh, you know, doing what you can in Oklahoma, not a lot of options, so, so something like Green Bay a little bit, so just saying low-key, uh,
3: yeah. Alrighty. So let's get right into these things here too, Jay. So I know you've been around and talked to some of our friends. So we kind of want to go through a few things and see what's going on. And the first thing kind of going in was coming out of college, you got the stigma is the, the move tight end, if you will. And kind of what that means when people talk about it is somebody that is able to catch passes and he's a big receiver, but can't really block all that well. And this year, your rookie season, I think proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, Is that something that you knew that you had in you? Was that something they talked to you about when you came in? Because there's one play that sticks out in my memory is one of the playoff games against Seattle, Aaron Jones scores a touchdown and you made a huge block on the play and you are just fired up. And that's something that I don't think was big in your scouting report, but something that um, kind of, showed through on your play on the field. So was that something that they they really helped you grow in, or is that something you feel good that you proved a lot of people wrong on this year?
2: Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, it was more of a thing where I knew I had it in me. Um, I just have never been really required to block. So it wasn't that I wasn't willing to. It was more, you know, I was just I was just raw. I needed to be molded and, uh, you know, credit to Coach Alton. And then, you know, huge uh, credit to Mercedes, you know, they really just gave me the confidence and the, you know, the, that mindset kind of how to take it to the next level, you know, and put, you put all my tools together and, you know, utilize them to the full ability. And so that's where, you know, I started seeing success in the games because, uh, you know, Jimmy was going to get the targets, but on the meantime, like, let me do the dirty work, you know, and earn the respect from the vets, and then, you know, make my name around the league that way, just being a hard-ass, and because, you know, we're in film, and I, I listen to Mercedes and Jimmy, we we watch other tight ends, and you hear how they speak on them, and I was just like, man, at the end of the day, it, like, simply, it's, it's one versus one, you know, man versus man, it's like... Either you or him, like someone's got to, someone's got to win, and so that's really just my mindset when I, I went into the blocking game this year. And then I knew the, the receiving—I've been doing that my whole life. Like I knew that's gonna come, so I was like, let me, let me just quiet everybody about this blocking, and then the throws
3: will come later. You mentioned Jimmy and Mercedes, just as a couple guys. Those are two long-standing veterans in the NFL. Mercedes back, obviously. Jimmy Graham uh, you'll see him twice this year playing in Chicago but what was that like was it a benefit coming into a locker room as somebody transitioning to the NFL and having two 10 plus year vets that kind of do they do some different things but they did them really well or still do them really well at their stages of their career most definitely uh you know sometimes you get thrown into situations
2: like uh, for me example at A&M you know where they don't have tight ends, or they don't have one who's established, and you have to be the guy from day one, but in this situation, it was one of those things, you know, you never, what do they say? It's like, you don't know until you until you know, and it's like, or you don't know how much you don't know until you, you know, know, and that's was one thing, just learning, you know, from day one, just seeing the stuff, how Demi operated, I'm like, okay, you know, there's a lot more to this, like, I really need to learn to respect this game, and, you know, the whole process of it, in and out, and you know, Mercedes Jimmy are both uh, you know top of the line of being professionals.
4: Yeah, and Jace. So talking about you know coming out of college, you started at at Kansas University. You were a Jayhawk, then went to a JUCO, and then finished with Jimbo Fisher at uh, Texas A and M. Um, then you enter then you enter the draft, right? Um, then you're drafted by a team in the Green Bay Packers that are transitioning for the first time in ten years. Um, I know you weren't there to compare anything to previous years, but what was that? Uh, But was that a new wrinkle you were expecting?
2: Uh, Honestly, like I said, just because I've been on the move the past four seasons anyway, it was really nothing. It was one of those things like, oh, this isn't any different because it was a new system, new coaches, everybody was going through everybody was going through the thing for the first time and you know granted I was a rookie so it was like you still have those like you know new beginnings but like for the most part it was a whole new The wrinkle has been that's been more part of my routine the past four years you know what I'm saying new playbook new coaching staff all that so the fact that everybody else is going through that with me I'm not gonna say I had an advantage but I was definitely already you know trained to be more adaptive and learning on the fly you know hey this is not their first time, but, you know, there's going to be some mistakes made in the first couple of months, you know, how we do things this and that. And, like, you know, don't get caught up in it. And so I, I think it played a little to me.
3: Jace, guys like Z'Darrius Smith and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and a lot of guys really have talked about Matt LaFleur's first time meeting with the team, and it's really drawn some rave reviews. And you guys could just tell even on an outsider standpoint that you guys really do seem to love and appreciate him as a team, what is it about him that is so infectious as his personality and helps him relate to you guys as a team? Honestly, I'm not giving him the most credit for this. You know, at the end of the day, it's a
2: business and, you know, we we're expected to win games and make plays and you know, that's how it works. But he does a great job of at the end of the day, realizing that, you know, there's more life after football, you know, people have families, people have, there's people have, you know, Mental issues. Mental, people go through mental things. People, you know, saying there's more to it than just X's and O's. And you know, he's a true believer in mental health and you know, making sure everybody is, you know, not happy. You know, you don't not everybody can be happy all the time, but you know, you want to make sure everybody's, you know, as comfortable. Everybody is, you know, has the help that they need. And you know, he really just shows that he cares about his players. You know, and as a player, you can do nothing but respect it.
4: That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool to hear that, especially from a new young kind of coach with some of his new philosophies. Because um, you're absolutely right. You know, from a fan's perspective, we get to see what happens on Sundays. But um, as you could attest to, man, like there's so much more that goes into that throughout the week. And just like anyone else with the job, you know, you got that uh, you got your ups and downs. But um, going back to kind of your prep days uh, at, K- at KU especially, um, I mentioned earlier I'm, I'm from Kansas. So I, I remember you from your time at KU. Um, and I remember, and I couldn't confirm this last year uh, when we were doing the scouting stuff on you, Jace, but is it true that there was a point in time before you transferred out of KU that they tried you out at defensive end? Yes. Yes, they did. It was about a two-week sprint. Uh I guess I couldn't get the rest off the breaks from high school, and they they switched me back to tight end. And they were saying you were you were recruited more as a defensive end out of high school than you were at tight end, even? Correct. Correct. You know, Kansas actually was one of my only offers from offense. Everybody
2: else wanted me to, uh, as a defensive end, you know, pass rusher. That was kind of my specialty.
3: Jay, something interesting that I heard when uh, your fellow classmate, Chase Winovich, was drafted, he actually kind of did that flip-flop between defensive end and tight end when he was at Michigan. And he said that his years at tight end really helped him learn how to play defensive end better. Now, you obviously went the other direction. Is this something that that maybe helped you a little bit in your time frame? I know it wasn't that long, but did you learn anything that maybe helped you pick up some tricks of the trade of playing on the other side of the ball? I'm not necessarily, um, you know, kind of going back to what
2: I said earlier, you know, I, I was raw, so I, I was molded into more of a blocker this year, like, more learned the technique, but one thing playing defensive end that I think I just got a head start on was just that, that get-off in the stance and, you know, striking somebody as soon as there's a hunt, but instead of, you know, putting my hands on and extending my arms, you know, containing the edge, now I'm getting under somebody, and it, and it was just a different technique, but, you know, uh, that's when I kind of learned that strike and, you know, the firing off the ball and, being you know, able that Feeling of knocking someone off the ball, and so switching, I kind of just know their mindsets, know what they're what they're trying to do and stuff, and so I'd say it helped a little bit, but not as much as you would think.
3: That's interesting. Okay, so moving into your rookie season, obviously you score a touchdown, uh, which was really cool, and then you end up on injured reserve for a little while, and as you come back, you are kind of coming in and having some some role play type things. You're playing fullback. Uh, you've got some opportunities, but aren't seeing the ball as much. And at the end of the year, uh, two playoff games, you have two catches. Uh, Jadevian Clowney, if I remember correctly, tried to rip your helmet off. Uh, yeah. s- something that I actually really liked about that was you didn't back down. I mean, it would have been easy for a rookie tight end to back down from Jadavion Clowney, but you looked like you wanted to fight him. So that was kind of cool, just uh, throwing that out there. So, But anyways, you're getting a little more involved in the passing game. My favorite tweet this offseason says you didn't sign up to pass out water. So, how much is that? The team clearly has some confidence in you. Jimmy Graham's not here anymore. Mercedes Lewis is back, but it looks like you're kind of set to be a really big contributor in the tight end room. So, how much does that clear confidence that they have help you as you go into year number two?
2: Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like uh, it's rewarding, you know, knowing that they notice your hard work and the stuff that, uh, you know, they see that you care. But at the same time, you know, you, you, you can't really count on anything till it's happened. So at the end of the day, like you know, it's not to be the cliche, but you just got to get right back to work. You know, it's like I I got to enjoy the touchdown. You know, the season that's great, but you know, like at the end of the day, we didn't we didn't reach our goals. So it's like there's still a lot more work to be done. And my thing now is like the last thing I want to look like is a one-hit wonder or someone who, you know, had a good, you know, he made a good play, like, that's, that needs to be an everyday casual thing for me, you know, so that's just the standard that you got to hold yourself to, and so, you know, I think when you hold yourself to higher standards, it definitely, uh, it's definitely, it's an attractive thing just because coaches can rip, coaches see the type of time that you're on and the way you're moving and how you're trying to achieve things, and so that's just the only thing I can control.
4: And, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about your your mental attitude and and kind of how you will approach the game. And that's something that was really impressive to me is, you know, Jacob talked about not backing down from Javian Clowney, but also kind of that cheap shot hit that you took in the preseason or the the joint practices. Um, I won't say his name, but I, I do know that you kind of clap back at him on Instagram. Um, so what is that just the type of mentality that you just kind of always had? Like, you're just you're just not afraid. To talk, you're not afraid to back down from anybody. I'm,
2: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give me the, the that cool of the status, but I definitely for some reason I always. For some reason, on the other teams, their, their mouthy guy, whoever's talking trash or the punk, for some reason, I always have to get into it with him and be the bad guy who, you know, is always into it. So, I just kind of embrace that role. You know, I, don't, I like when other teams don't appreciate me and, you know, their fans hate me and stuff. And so, I, I enjoy it most definitely. I like looking innocent, too. So, you know, that's why... You guys can watch me. I'll, I'll talk trash, but I'll never make eye contact. I'll just walk by and bump them maybe, but no, I'm, I'm always talking for sure.
3: So who talks more, you or Jair Alexander? Uh,
2: Jair's just more oblivious. He's just more open with it. I'm, like I said, I'm sneaky. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. I, I get it started, then he snapped back, and then, you know, I
4: throw my hands up, and I'm Mr. Innocent, but I'm <laughs> tired,
2: you know,
4: let you know on site. Uh, he's an instigator. I love it. Uh, so, talking about, you know, this, we're in the middle of the offseason here. Um, all you guys are working hard. Uh, as far as, like, your exit interview with the Packers, I know uh, Peter Bukowski talked about it a little bit on Locked On. Um, You talk about how, you know, they want to use you more in the slot. They want to get you more involved in the middle of the field. Um, But as far as your exit interview, as far as like your physical body, did they tell you anything like, hey, we want we want you to add five pounds, 10 pounds, anything like that? Or are they pretty happy with where you're at right now? Uh, you know,
2: we don't got to get into the super details about it, but I was a little heavy when I came in in that preseason game that you guys can kind of look at my rookie card, which I need to get to new one because like I'm about 15 pounds heavier. So I actually hate, that it actually is the most... If you were going to ask what was my biggest thing I hated about my first year, it was that my rookie trading card, I look like I have the biggest beer gut from Oklahoma, and it's like <laughs> he has asked me to sign it, and I'm just like, oh, I just want to rip this card up. But I
4: <laughs> like my
2: stomach too.
4: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> well, hey, man, by the end of the year, I know uh, there, there are people out there that were saying that 87 out there looks he moves like Jordy Nelson, so that's that's a compliment, man. So you you uh, you went ahead and uh, you went ahead and erased that. Yeah, going back to answer your
2: question, it was more of a hey. Once I started in the IR, I started losing weight because I was I was able to run more, and it was just. I, I started to get, my, I was, I lost my speed, but I just move better when I'm a little bit lighter. But my strength was what was key. And then, you know, that Carolina Panthers game, I was the lightest I'd been all season. And, you know, if you go watch the game, that was one of my, like, kind of, I feel like that was my, you know, broke the ice with the blocking game. Like, I kind of proved everybody that I could do this. And, you know, that was the lightest I've been. And it was, um, we kind of had, a, I had a talk with my coaches and just, I was like, yo, like, I'm this weight right now. I feel great. <laughs> I'm just liner on the field. Like, I'm not trying to make myself gain this weight. Not that they were ever making me gain weight, but, you know, you hear these typical stereotype moles of, oh, you need to be so-and-so pounds, and, you know, me my body coach that uh, I uh, work with individually, we just came, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be comfortable in your body, and speed at the end of the day kills everything. Like, you can be the strongest guy in the world, this and that, but You could like it's hard to it's hard to catch somebody than it is to outlive somebody. So the speed was the biggest thing, and like the coaches agreed with that. And so I know I'm gaining muscle right now, about maybe a couple five pounds, but size wise, yeah.
4: So what's what's your target weight for next year? Uh,
2: About two forty
4: two, two forty. Okay. Two forty, two forty five would be. I don't want to be so critical. (laughs) I got no, I got you, I got you.
3: Good catch there. So, in in terms of that, going into the next year, I know that you know you had talked about your experience in playing fullback, and currently, you guys don't have one on the roster. So, is that something that you have in mind as you go into your next season, or is it just a you know you say you're moving around, but is that part of moving around?
2: Yeah, honestly, like uh, I, I think it might have been taken a little out of context on what I meant when I said I'll. Playing slot. Like, I saw some people are tagging me. Oh, the LeFleur's moving Jason the slot. I was like, no, we just have a versatile offense. And if you know the offense and you can prove to them that you know it, they're going to give you opportunities to move around a lot. And, like, you'll see, you've seen Jimmy, he lines about wide in the slot, in the backfield. Well, he didn't do backfield, but (laughs) me. That's, like, I dream for that. Like, I, they know that that's what I want to do. I want to be able to move around because if we're being realistically, the more you move around, that's the more income you can have a, uh, generate. And, I mean, it's not just about money, but at the end of the day, you know, no one's going to turn down money. So I just want to – and I want to be able to field the most I can. And so and I like to think that the more I'm out there, the better chances we have to win.
3: Completely understand. Thanks for clarifying that too because, yeah, I thought that was – that was definitely an interesting thought. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Jimmy played – wide receiver last. He didn't play in the backfield, but I think Mercedes had a few plays when he yeah, was back we've there. Had, we've had sets where
2: both of them were out wide throwing, and we were going to, like, it's just a thing. We, we move around a lot in the offense, and so, you know, not to, I don't want to, like, throw anybody under the bus, but, I mean, in our offense, if you see a tight end only doing one thing, I mean, that's kind of like a, not, you know, but that's just like, you know, our offense has opportunities where you can do as much as you, you can, you know, so it's like, if you move around that just means you know the you know the offense is all really, you know, and you have the tangibles to match it.
3: Interesting. Um, okay, so let's go into then we talked about your exit interview. Let's talk about moving into twenty twenty then, assuming everything starts on time and everybody's up and running as far as football goes with we can only hope for at this point but what are some of your goals for year two obviously I mean starting as the the team's primary tight end and moving around like that you mentioned but do you have any like specific numbers I know they used to say Emmett Smith used to write down specific numbers and it would be like you know 1200 yards rushing 10 touchdowns do you have anything like that or are your goals a little more general uh
2: my goals are a little more uh, I wouldn't say deeper than that but it's more of I'm just the more, I'm a big believer on control, which you can control, so, like, i base my goals on that, so it's more of, like, you know, I have, obviously, like, I have numbers, like, you You have goals, like, you know, I think every tight end, like, once a thousand yards, once this and that, but, you know, there's, there's factors that play into these things, like, you know what I'm saying, like, plays called, quarterback, who he's throwing to, if he's blitzing, this and that, so it's, like, I don't like, I don't like, making goals when other people can dictate if that that makes sense Uh, but you know my goals for 2020 is to silent not that I pay attention to the doubters or the people who are questioning me but it's more of a that's just kind of my niche I just I, I, I live for that like having people question me because it's like me being able to say I told you so and just kind of give them that little sarcastic look like uh like yep um like I know right that's that's what I, live I love that so much so you know proving everybody uh that I'm here for a reason is definitely that's my main goal in 2020. Besides winning a Super Bowl, because you know no, I don't think anybody enjoyed how uh, last season ended on, considering how far we came as a team and all the things we overcame. So, you know, that's those are my two most important goals for 2020. You know, and like I said, it's cliche, but really just control what I can control and then you know, let the rest fall into place.
4: Yeah, man, leave no doubt. I'm I, we're here for that. So. uh, uh, speaking of no no doubt you know stud tight ends um, on your Instagram there's a picture of you and Travis Kelsey after the preseason game in Green Bay um, is he a guy that you had a relationship with before that game or is that just kind of you making introductions and did he say anything to you that really stuck out?
2: Well, so actually uh, I got connected with Travis about a year and a half ago before I declared through an A&M, through one of my A and like alumni, he played with him, whatever. And, like, we kind of, I guess he thought our personalities matched. He just connected us. And then I hit up Travis uh, when I was deciding about coming out for the draft. And we just talked on Instagram for a couple of days. And then. Like, after the game, I was walking to the locker room and he ran up to me and he was like, you weren't going to say anything. And I was like, first of all, I'm like, whoa, like, no way. He he remembered me like we never even met in person. And so, you know, he came up and like, he's like, he's like, you look good out there. He's like, I saw that ankle. He's like, you can be all good. And of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'll be I'll be be back tomorrow walking on as normal. (laughs) <laughs> but it was just a simple, he's like, you know, he's like, he's like uh, I like how you play. I like your attitude, you know, one of those things. And then that's all it was. But, yeah, no, it was, it was cool that he came up to me and everything.
3: All right, Jace, one more, and then we'll uh, let you get back to, like you said, your Oklahoma life there. But uh, you mentioned, you've mentioned several times, you know, football players aren't just, I think a lot of times it kind of gets lost and people look at you as robots. But you guys are also people. So I know you said on lockdown that you've been watching Ozark and you're about to finish that through. We're obviously Quarantined at this point But what are some other Things you're watching As we try and get through All of this stuff together Uh Yeah no I'm I'm getting through Ozarks for the second
2: time I've already finished it once I finished Yeah I knocked that out Like within the first day I think (laughs)
3: Like
2: I said Uh I'm starting, I think I'm really just going to start rewatching things because I've watched so many, like right now I'm watching the Mission Impossible. I've never seen, I've seen like two of them, but I've never seen all of them. So now I'm watching all of those, like, I'm kind of just going back on some Lost files. There's a lot of movies I haven't got to watch over the years just because I've been busy and just doing a lot of traveling and doing all whatnot. And so, but I'm definitely into the whole Ozark cartel vibe right now. Like, I like some, I like some mystery, you know, some thrillers. That's what I've been watching. And then, Whatever, I'm not being serious. It's always Rick and Morty or Family Guy. And then when it's not that, I'm streaming on my Fortnite.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. I think I'm the only human in the world that doesn't play Fortnite. So my brother's yeah, listening. The He'll love this. anti-Fortnite person. I hated it. I mean, my roommate at Juco,
2: he played it every night. I was disgusted with it. And then now I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid.
3: Yeah, okay. So maybe that's what I need to not do then. Because once I do, it sounds like you just fall in. So yeah. that... We have Jace Sternberger. Jace, thank you so much for joining us. Tight end one of the Green Bay Packers, number 87 in the program, and now our number one favorite guest that we've ever had on the show. I can promise you that much. Jace, if we want to follow you on Twitter and follow your career, where can we do that? Uh, everything's the same. It's just underscore J Stern. Underscore Jay Stern. So Jake Morley and I, as we say, we're ready to feel the Stern. Uh, Jermichael Finley had year of the takeover, so that's what we're looking at for – 2020, Jace, good luck in 2020. We thank you for coming on and we'll talk to you again sometime.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.